you know, it was just one of those wild experiences. And for us, we look back on it and, you know, I, I think of the moment my husband opened the door and said, um, I think we're sinking. (laughs) 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 Those are the things I think about. DCL Duo fans, we want to take a minute to thank our amazing sponsors over at Touring Plans Travel. We use Touring Plans Travel to book our own fabulous Disney Cruise Line vacations and love the experience and service we get from our travel specialist at Touring Plans Travel and know you will too. So if you're looking to book your next fabulous Disney Cruise Line vacation, Disney vacation, or really any cruise or land-based vacation, head over to touringplans.com travel for a free quote. Let them know that the DCL Duo sent you to help support our show, but we're confident that you are going to have the same great experience that we do when we use Touring Plans Travel. So thanks Touring Plans Travel for sponsoring the show. And now on to our episode. Welcome back, everybody. This week's episode of the DCL Duo podcast. And this week, we are excited to welcome a guest from Las Vegas who did a land and sea vacation to Disneyland, which we were intrigued by because we have thought about this mythical land and sea vacation several times ourselves, but have not managed to do it just yet. So we're looking forward to learning from our guests this evening and hearing about her and her family's experience. But let me start by welcoming Rachel to our show. Welcome, Rachel. Thank you so much. Yeah, we're excited to have you on. We like to always start with folks' Disney background. And we were talking off air before the show a little bit about yours, but Tell us about your experience with the Disney parks and the cruise line. Sure. So um, for the most part, I would say we've always been uh, Disney parks fans. I went to school in Southern California, so I actually did an internship at Disneyland. Oh, cool. And that was my first time getting very absorbed into the Disney culture. While I was in school, I went to school for hospitality and uh, we had to do an internship. So my decision-making process was either I do a semester at sea program or I apply for Disneyland's college program and the rest is history. So (laughs) uh, Disneyland, while I was at the college program there, is actually where I met my husband during that time. Um, My roommate at the time was dating his younger brother. So um, (laughs) that's how we got introduced and he would drive out to visit me quite frequently. So um, yeah, that's that's kind of my Disney history story, at least for meeting my husband. And we've been annual pass holders since then. So awesome. Where did where did you end up working when you were in the college program? What was your what was your your job? Um, I actually did guest services at both the Grand Californian and at the Disneyland Hotel. So I worked in the e-ticket lounge at Disneyland Hotel and then the guest services booth at um, Grand Californian. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> that's well, it's perfect for your, you know, that you were, you were studying hospitality. So that's, those are perfect. I was, I was hoping you were going to say you worked in the hotels because I think that's like a perfect segue. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I loved the experience. It was a very cool experience, but I had to go back to school. So I actually was a campus rep for a little while, um, helping to recruit for the college program. Cool. And I considered going back to Disney to work again after, but came to Las Vegas to be with my now husband. So, And annual pass holders at Disneyland or Disney World or both? Just Disneyland. Um, we've only taken one trip to Disney World so far, and actually we're going in two weeks. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, we're staying at, um, I think you guys are owners of Riviera. We're staying there. Yes. Nice. You'll love it. You'll love it. I, I, I think you'll love it. <laughs> Yeah, well, when they canceled the annual passes, we said, all right, well, I guess we might as well go to the other <laughs> side. <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, but but to your point, Disneyland is much, much closer for Las Vegas. It's a it's a drive um, and it's not that far. And so uh, it's not the same as living in Southern California, but it's still very, very close comparatively. Yeah, and that was a major factor in our decision making to try um, the cruise line for the first time was oh, well, we can go out of San Diego, which means we can get there pretty easily in a way that we're comfortable with. And so was this your first cruise on Disney Cruise Line or have you been on others? Um, I myself had been on other cruises, but it had been 
probably about 10 years um, since I had been on a cruise. It was my husband and my daughter's first cruise. And um, it took a lot of convincing for me to get him interested in being on a um, or consider a cruise. But I definitely relied heavily on YouTube. (laughs) Once I exposed him to some of the vlogs, I said like, let's check these out. Let's try and watch some and see if maybe you'd consider doing a cruise at some point. Because we go to Disneyland so frequently, we thought like, maybe it's time for us to try something different for us to expose ourselves to more Disney options. So as soon as I said, you know, let's try to watch some vlogs, he was like, wow, this is actually totally different than what I was expecting it to be. (laughs) (laughs) So I think after we kind of watched a little bit of what you could, what it could be like, and all of the fun experiences, and definitely like the Disney cruise was my way into like, if we want a cruise, this is the way we have to go. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's, uh, we're we're jumping forward a little bit into the cruise. And so let me pull us back and orient everyone into what we're going to talk about, which is this land and sea vacation you had to Disneyland and down to take a Disney cruise. So this was in, uh, I think we talked off air, you said it was in October of 2019 Mm -hmm. and you and your husband and your your three and a half year old daughter at the time. How'd you get from Las Vegas? You started at Disneyland, as I understand it. How'd you get from Las Vegas over to Disneyland? Sure. So um, we drove down from Las Vegas to Disneyland, something that we're very comfortable with doing and do quite often as annual pass holders. And we do have a favorite property that we stay at down there. So it's not a Disney property. It's an offsite location, but one that we're very comfortable with. So kind of what something that was part of normal routine for us driving down to do Disneyland, but knowing after we were going to be trying our new adventure. Where do you like to stay? Which, which, uh, which property? Uh, we like to stay at the Hyatt Regency. Oh, great. Nice. I, where is where is that in relation to the park? I've, I've run around the block at the park several times and so I'm trying to orient myself. Where is that? Sure. So um, the best way for me to describe it is it's right across the street from the Target. Ah, we know exactly where the Target is. We've been to that Target many times. Yep. <laughs> and so you're able to just kind of walk from the hotel over to the park in the morning and, and get in and that sort of thing. It's I mean, My perception is the off-property hotels are, are pretty convenient there. Yeah, um, that one in particular has a shuttle and it is a paid shuttle, but I find that that makes it almost a better experience because less people take it because you have to pay for it. But it's only $6 round trip. And then I want to say it was under, maybe under four, under five is is free. So so we like to take that shuttle from the property because it's quick and easy and it drops you right at the front of the parks. Yeah, that would be a little, a little bit of a, I don't know that it would be a really easy walk. It's pretty Um, far. I had to hustle the day that we went back in February, uh, right before everything shut down to do Rise of the Resistance. So we walked because the shuttle wasn't open that early in the morning for us to wait at the gates to try to get in to get Rise of the Resistance (laughs) boarding passes. And I was exhausted that day. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Looks like it's about it's two of the big California blocks away. So yeah, yeah that's just that's to get to the edge of the property. Yeah, 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 yeah for sure. Yeah, that's the backside. It's over by Radiator Springs, so you got to get halfway through the block to get into the resort anyway. And when he says blocks for our listeners, we're not talking about normal city blocks. We're talking oh, sorry, I said about- California blocks. These are these are these are huge square blocks. To put it into perspective, like California Adventure fits within essentially what is one California block. So, <laughs> so that's how big we're talking. So, all right. So you drove over, you, you got your place to stay. How many days did you spend at the park and, and what did you what did you do? Yeah, we spent one day at the park, um, just one long day at Disneyland, um, as early as we possibly could it could get in from the drive down to Las Vegas. We went straight to the parking um, at the resort and then um, got into the park as early as we could from our drive from Las Vegas. So it was a very long day, but definitely worth it. I think if you're if you're Disneyland people, you know you're there from. <laughs> The time it opens <laughs> until the time it closes. Do you do you guys always do that though, even with your three and a half year old? Because that's a long I mean, that's a long day for adults. And I don't know how you guys strategize, but it's it definitely hard with a younger kid to do a, a long day like that. Yeah, yeah. It it wasn't it's not something we normally do, but we were there with some friends. So, you know, when you're when you're with people who don't do it all the time, they want to maximize the full day's ticket. So you have to prepare yourself for a very long day at the park, but <laughs> yeah, that that makes sense. 
And I, I take it you've got your daughter in a stroller so she can at least nap in if she needs to in the middle of the day. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Can't do it without it. <laughs> While we're talking about the parks, what are some of your favorite things to do at Disneyland Resort? What, what Or what did your family do this time around that, that are favorite? This time we focused on Galaxy's Edge because it was fairly new and we hadn't really seen it yet, I don't think, at that point. So... Checking out Galaxy's Edge for the first time was definitely high priority. And then just getting to do whatever our friends wanted to experience. But also, this was the first chance that we had gone with other people with our daughter. So it had been a very long time since we had had the opportunity to go on some of the adult rides together. So um, that was another fun thing for us is we kind of got to break up into parent groups. And they, you know, my husband and his friend got to go on a couple rides while um, my friend and I got to go on a couple of things and take turns. So definitely an advantage of bringing other people with you when you have <laughs> a young one. Yeah, good point. How do you do Galaxy's Edge, or at least how do you do Rise of the Resistance when you've got a little one with you? I'm, I'm imagining your little one is not probably riding Rise of the Resistance. Yeah, actually, when it wasn't open when we went in October, but when we went in February, she was exactly tall enough. So she went on it and she loved it. <laughs> Wow. For first experience. I know. First first experience. I was more terrified than she was because I was so worried about her. <laughs> but she had the best time and I hate drops. So that one part with the drop, I think I handled it worse than she did. <laughs> that was her favorite part. <laughs> <laughs> well, and any other favorite spots at the park that you guys like to hit while you're there? Um, well, my favorite, I know I might be getting ahead because this is one of your questions, I think, but my favorite area of the park is New Orleans Square. So I can't go to Disneyland without getting to go to New Orleans Square. And, you know, in October, you have the Haunted Mansion holiday. So that's a can't miss, in my opinion. So definitely had to make sure our friends got the opportunity to see that one. I love the beignets in New Orleans Square. That's a great, it's it just, it's fun atmosphere over there. Yeah. And you love pirates, I feel like. So, so that's, you know, sort of hitting all those, hitting those spots, hitting the, the haunted mansion, hitting pirates and hitting the beignets. <laughs> it's, it's, it's amazing to me in New Orleans Square. It actually does. We, we go to New Orleans or we have been to New Orleans rather frequently. And it does actually kind of feel like just for a moment, like a whiff that you're in New Orleans a little bit, just a much, much cleaner version of New Orleans. So. So we spent one day at Disneyland Park. I couldn't visit Disneyland without hitting California Adventure. So I, I, res I respect your restraint. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so you did one day at Disneyland Park. And then what did you do? You were just there for one day. And then you had, I think you said before, you had a down day afterwards, which, by the way, I think is a great idea whenever you're doing Disney to have kind of a down day, especially... The upcoming trip to Disney World, taking a day off for a pool day. It's just a fantastic idea, I think. But what did you do with your down day? Um, let's see. I think we we honestly didn't really do much. It was a Sunday, so football, you know, we had to <laughs> watch some <laughs> football. And we just spent time at the hotel. It's one of the hotels that we really love in Southern California. So just spending time there at the property, relaxing before we knew we were going to be driving in the morning. And that was one thing we had, uh, or I had researched quite a bit was the chaos of day one, getting on board, the onboarding process, and just how kind of overwhelming it can be. So I feel like that was a really good idea for us to kind of take that day in the middle to kind of make sure we were fully rested after a very long day at the park to say like, okay, now we're transitioning to a new experience, but we, we've had a day of relaxation in the middle to kind of be prepared for whatever the next day was going to bring us. So... So you took your you took your down day before the cruise and now let's let's just set this up for a second. You were leaving on the wonder for what was the what was the cruise you were you were leaving on? Yeah, so um it was a wonder out of San Diego on a four night and there was one stop in Cabo, but we actually did not get off of the ship. Though we had it in our plan that we weren't going to because we wanted to experience everything that the cruise ship had to offer. So that was in our plan from the get-go. As soon as we booked the cruise, we knew like we weren't going to get off the ship. We wanted to just make it an entirely at-sea vacation. That's a great plan. I feel like, you know, not that Cabo doesn't have some great things to offer, um, but there is so much on the, on the ship. And when you're only going to be on there for four nights, 
you aren't going to be able to hit everything if you, you know, get off at every port stop. And a lot of that decision making was because we had watched so many YouTube videos and based on the length, like you said, of, of the cruise itself, we knew that for our first time, we might have a really good experience on the ship for the day that it was at port. And um, we were definitely happy with that decision because the ship definitely clears out on that day. So for for us to consider, you know, the Cabo day, we'd have to tender into port and we didn't really have anything in particular that we wanted to do that day. So we felt like it was better for us to just stay on the ship and get everything that we wanted to do on the ship done with less people. So that actually, to go back for a second, that actually makes your down day, uh, I think, a really valuable moment in time because we've found, you know, if you do Disney World before Disney Cruise out of Port Canaveral, it's such a go, go, go experience. You need a day on the cruise ship to kind of get acclimated and de-stressed and, <laughs> and, and get into that cruise mood. And so with a four-night cruise, you've got less time to do that. You don't want to waste that time. So it feels like it was a great idea to just take a down day, you know, relax, and then head for your cruise already in that kind of relaxed state of mind. So I, I, that's a brilliant move. So you, you drove from Anaheim down to San Diego, which I think we were talking before the show. That's What is that, like a two and a half hour drive these days, depending on traffic or an hour and a half drive, depending on traffic? Yeah, pretty close. And for leaving on a Monday morning, that was the only flaw in our plan. <laughs> <laughs> well, I when, as soon as you said that, I was like, oh, Sunday, Monday, and you're leaving Monday morning for a cruise. Like, man, that traffic is going to be killer. But it worked out. It worked out. You got down to San Diego. And I, I would say driving is probably the best bet to get between Disneyland and San Diego for a Disney cruise. There's no Disney-provided transportation, just for listeners out there. There's no Disney-provided transportation between the resort hotels in San Diego. You can certainly book a car. That's another alternative. If you're going to fly out of San Diego, that's, that's probably a decent alternative. Um, and I believe we've had on another episode, there's a train that runs between Anaheim down to San Diego. But if you're going to do that, that's not the morning of activity, I don't think. I think that's do it the day before and get down there and stay in San Diego overnight. We'll actually have, for our listeners out there, we'll have an episode coming up around sailing out of San Diego. And so if you're interested in learning more about things you can just do to, in San Diego and places to stay, we'll have an episode coming up on that. But So you drove down the morning of, you made it down there, you hit the port. What was that experience like? What was the experience like at the port for you? Actually, I feel like it was a really great experience because we were able to park right across the street from the port. There's a, I can't remember the name of the hotel, but they sell parking passes for that location. It was very reasonable for the cost. And um, you just walk right across the street to the port. So um, the arrival process I felt like was a great experience, but I also don't have a Port Canaveral arrival experience to compare it to. So <laughs> well, what time did you get to the port? That would be a good question to ask here too. Let's see. We So we were there, it looks like around 1130. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. And, what, and was the check-in experience pretty pretty good at that point or were, were you having to wait in lines? Um, I mean, I think we just waited for the security lines like normal. I want to say maybe we sat to um, wait to get our number called for at the most, maybe half an hour. We were on board by, I'm looking, I'm looking at my pictures. We were on board by 1215. So. <laughs> <laughs> and so I have to ask about the reaction to the all important moment. Spoiler alert. If you've never been on a Disney cruise, skip the next 30 seconds of this show. But for that all important magical moment that you have when you board the ship, what was your family's reaction to the the walking on board and your family announcement? Was it uh, was it well received? Did you guys enjoy it? Yeah. Oh, it was such a great experience. And I'm so glad my husband recorded it because that's one thing I feel like um, you always you you want to treasure forever is the first time you get to go on board and hear them call your family name. And for especially for our daughter, that experience, uh, looking back at the video and the picture, you know, just her looking around like, oh, my gosh, this place is massive <laughs> <laughs> for a little tiny one. Yeah, they think of a boat and they think of like a little boat, right? Like they don't expect like this humongous cruise ship, right? Yeah, driving up for the first time and walking up to the ship for the first time and then walking in for the first time has got to be so intimidating for you being so small. <laughs> well, so um, after you got on the ship, where'd you head first? What was your first stop on board uh, on board the fabulous Disney Wonder? Yeah, so the when we first walked on board, my plan... <laughs> I'm a huge Princess and the Frog fan. And we had gotten um, our cruise was actually maybe I want to say less than a month after they had done the refresh, um, or what is it called? Dry dock? 
Oh, the refurb. Yeah. 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 So they had just converted um, the new lounge. The lounge. Yeah. So that was the first place I wanted to go was to go check out uh, that section that had been updated and kind of get a peek at Tiana's place. I personally had called in advance to request for Tiana's to be our last night of our cruise because I wanted that to be like our final experience. And then I had asked to be for a restaurant rotation for us to get to go to animators twice. It was something I had seen in particular to be in animators on pirate night because they put the, you know, the pirate pictures up. I think you guys have actually talked about that before. Yes, you are. You are correct. Yeah. If you're, if you're, um, we, so we actually like to skip pirate night and go to Apollo or Remy for dinner, but uh, but we have done Pirate Night before, and I do think being an animators on Pirate Night is is probably the best experience because they put on those screens, they'll put up the different pirate scenes from various movies like Pirates of the Caribbean and even from like Peter Pan and stuff like that. So if you're going to be in a main dining restaurant on Pirate Night, animators is the way to go. And then you want to be at animators twice because you don't want to miss the special animators thing, depending upon which ship you're on. So you wanted to go check out Tiana's. Where did you, did you have lunch after you got on board? And did you do that in Cabana's or did you have the sit down lunch? We did. We had lunch at Cabana's. That was something I had kind of planned that we weren't going to do. Uh, We wanted to try to go to one of the sit down restaurants first. But, you know, as soon as you walk in there and all the food is right there in front of you. From from everything I had like researched prior, I had heard, you know, it it gets very crowded in Cabanas right away. But I want to say we had gotten on early enough to where it wasn't bad. So I guess maybe just food for thought that depending on what time you get there, it might not be as crowded of an experience as you think. So it was worth it to us to just sit down and eat quickly there in order to get more opportunities to see other things on board. So yeah, I, I agree. Depending on your boarding group, Cabanas isn't terrible. Like we're, we're usually in a, a high number boarding group or like, no, sorry, a low number boarding group, I should say. And so we're usually able to get up into Cabanas and find a nice table to sit down and have lunch now. An hour into that process, it's certainly a different experience, but in the beginning, it's not terrible. And we've done the sit-down lunch, I think, one time. And honestly, we prefer the... I think it was on our San Diego cruise. I it, think it was, was the, yeah. And we actually still prefer cabanas for lunch than the sit-down lunch. Yeah. Although that may change when cruising resumes because we don't know what cabanas will look like. But That's true. Yeah. Rachel, what kind of stateroom did you guys have on have on board? Yeah. um, So again, another thing I had done a lot of research on, I had watched a video. Have you guys ever seen Michael Kay? Yes. Yes. I watched his vlog where he went with his dad out of Galveston and they had the Navigator's Veranda. So that one was of the most interest to me and I was able to book that one in particular. So we stayed, yeah. So we stayed in a Navigator's Veranda and that was such a great experience. I really loved that room. And how'd your daughter do with the, I don't know if those rooms have the pull down bed or the ceiling bed or those sorts of things. Uh, She slept in the couch conversion. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. When she's a little older, she might be like our son and be begging. He gets disappointed if we're in a room that doesn't have the bed that comes down from the ceiling. So yeah, <laughs> with the ladder. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> and just for, our, just for our listeners, a navigator's veranda means that you have a regular size veranda, but it's enclosed mostly. And so it has a, a, a porthole kind of thing that you can like look through, but it's not as open as the full veranda. And a lot of people like those because you get the veranda, you get a little bit of privacy. And the, I think the price point is a little bit under the regular veranda room. So, so it's a good, a good value f- for getting a veranda. Yep. And um, for me, the, the part that I liked the most about it was actually the shade. I felt like with it being more covered and with it having that enclosure part, we were able to spend a lot of time out there, especially during nap time, sitting out there and not roasting. <laughs> That's a really good point. Yeah. And, and it's a good tip. There's lots of resources out there to find these special or kind of more hidden rooms aboard the ship. And there are rooms with different shapes, rooms with bigger balconies, rooms with different kinds of balconies. There's even some rooms that have a balcony that are classified as non-balcony rooms. So you get a really good deal <laughs> because they have a balcony, but Disney didn't want to sell it as one because of the way that the balcony is sort of partially enclosed. So there are deals to be had, ways to get interesting kind of spaces aboard the the cruise ships if you're looking for maybe a little bit more space for a pack and play or something like that. They're, they're out there, lots of resources that you can leverage to find those. 
Well, Rachel, we, we probably don't want to go through day by day on the cruise, but I do want to hear about some of you and your family's favorites on board. So what are what were some of your favorite experiences or favorite dining experiences, favorite activities, things that you did that really stand out in your memory from that cruise? Sure. So first off, I just wanted to throw out there too. I actually purchased the in-room amenity that had the Halloween decor. Oh, that was fun. something I decided to do just surprise my husband and my daughter with just a little in-room decoration. So the package came with like the Sherpa blanket that had the Halloween on the high seas logo on it. And then some room decor with like little glow in the dark bats. It came with a bag for the like a Halloween treat bag. So that's one of, you know, a kind of memorable experience for me was having them go into the room for the first time um, or into the stateroom for the first time that they got to see, you know, it all decorated. And it was, to me, a great deal because those blankets are incredibly nice. We did, we did one that was not, we, so we did one, but it didn't come with a blanket, interestingly enough. We did, a, but our decorations, it sounds like were different. We had like window clings and we had stuff hanging from the ceiling, but it wasn't bats. No, it was, um, it was like light up Minnie Mouse on a broom, like she was dressed as a witch. Yeah. And what was cool is you can actually take that stuff home because it's just magnetic and you can just sort of take it home and reuse it as decorations later. But I, I will echo those in-room experiences, regardless of which one you get. I've heard great things about the blankets. The Christmas blankets are things that people seem to collect if they go on the Christmas cruises a lot. But those in-room experiences are really fun. Yeah. And the and I do think the Halloween bag is a really good tip because they do trick-or-treating on board and they will give you like a plastic bag for your kid to do for trick-or-treating. But the one you get, at least the one we got through the in-room experience was like a really nice like felt bag that was decorated with a bunch of like the Fab Five characters. So super fun. Yeah. um, And then let's think. So one of the other experiences that really stood out to me, the day that we were at port in Cabo, we did the anyone can cook experience in the kids club. (laughs) So fun. It was so cute and a lot of fun. And the way they do it, it's kind of infused so much like obviously Disney magic into it, but the kids add the ingredients. And the the class instructor is kind of dressed up like a chef from, from Ratatouille and does the French accent through the whole thing. And the kids put their ingredients together and then they combine all of the everybody's cookie dough that they created and magically make cookies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so fun. They I know they do that when the kids club on on the sea days, they'll do that with just the kids. It, but that's when the it's clo- when the clubs are closed to the adults. But I, I love I didn't know that they did it when the clubs are open during I guess they call them open house hours, which are often happen on port days. So that's really fun. Yeah. And another tip with port days. So that was an experience I did with our daughter while my husband was getting a massage because in port days, if you have the Disney, the Disney card, you get a discount on port days for in the spa. So he, that was an important priority for him as he wanted to get some time to do like a spa thing. We did our own thing while he got to experience that. So another reason why we decided, you know, we're not going to go off the ship this day. We're just going to maximize all these cool different experiences that they really only offer on port days. Yeah. And it's easier to get into the spa. There's more appointments available on those port days too, just as a matter of convenience. And so if there's a particular treatment you want, yeah, it's, it will be, you'll have more flexibility on what time of day you get your appointment if you if you book it on a, a port day, but we love the spa. We're I'm a big big fan of massages at Senses Spa. So, <laughs> what did your daughter think of the kids club? Did you did you have her go into the kids club at all? Yeah, she did from time to time. I would say at her age, she was maybe only in there for two hour intervals at the most. So we would get you know mom and dad time on our own for a little bit to go out. Honestly, we spent most of our time at the Cove Cafe because we're just <laughs> <laughs> coffee people. That that was like our our zone basically you're just like us <laughs> yeah <laughs> either that or um one thing we did we kind of like fell into a pattern of doing is at night when we would get ready for dinner 
we would kind of get ourselves ready to go a little bit early. And then we'd take her to the kids club and we would go to the couple different activities that they would have like right before our dinner time, we had the early seating. So we would go to like the lounges, the adult lounges and do like the trivia activities and then go swing by, pick her back up and head off to dinner. So it was just a short amount of time. She could go play for a little bit, get some energy out. We could do our own thing. And then we would go to dinner all together. That's a great idea that she's probably willing to sit a little bit more through dinner, even if dinner takes a little bit longer since she's gotten to have that time in the kids club right before. Yep, exactly. And then um, at one one night, she went to the pajama party activity. <laughs> Fun. And they actually give the kids a, a pillowcase that they get to color with fabric markers. So that's another thing that we still have like kind of as a keepsake. And we wrote, you know, the year and the cruise Disney Wonder 2019. So we have that as like her little keepsake that one of her little prized treasures from the cruise. <laughs> Oh, so fun. Well, and what did you think about dining? Did Tiana's live up to your expectations or did you end up with another favorite dining spot on the ship? Oh, yeah. I loved Tiana's. It was such a great experience. But I think it was great that we did the rotation that we did. Getting to go to Triton's first was more of like a traditional formal sit down experience. And then moving into animators to kind of do the the Disney animators experience and then have it again for pirate night and then end in Tiana's was great. We had booked our daughter to do the Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique on the last night and she brought her Tiana dress with her. So we did that before we went to the restaurant. So she was fully decked out in her Tiana outfit to meet Tiana that night. So oh, <laughs> I love that. It was a great way to end the cruise just kind of going into that restaurant and being, you know, all in character. And that's one of my favorite Disney movies. So yeah, it was just a great ending. And and did she enjoy the Bibbidi Boppidi Boo experience? I'm assuming yes, based on what you're describing. But was it did she have a good time? She did. She loved it. That was the first time we've ever done that. We've never done it in the parks. So that whole experience for her was great. And we brought our own dress. I know that they sell the packages where you can buy the dress and do the whole experience. But we brought her own dress with us. And she, you know, she was young enough to where she didn't really know the difference. <laughs> so um, yeah, that was a great experience. And of course, everyone on board after is like, Oh, you look so beautiful. And hey, princess. And you know, for a three year old, there's nothing better than oh. that. With a three and a half year old, I'm assuming this was pretty difficult, but did you experience any of the adult areas on the, sh- on the ship? It sounds like probably not the adult night entertainment, but I don't know. Yeah, no, we didn't really do a lot of the nighttime activities because she was so exhausted. By the time we hit the room, she was out. But that's the beauty of having that veranda. And I think that was one decision that we're so glad we made was to have the veranda because any opportunity she was sleeping, we could go sit out on the veranda and have time to ourselves. I think otherwise we might have felt a little stuck. Yeah, for sure. It's it's actually one of the interesting complaints I have about the setup of the Disney Stateroom, which I think is 99.9% fabulous, is that the TV, at least in some of the rooms, is situated in a way that if your kids are sleeping, it doesn't just quite fit around the curtain. So like if you're adults and you just want to kind of watch some TV in bed while they're asleep, you can't. So yeah, it starts to feel a little bit like I'm just sitting in my dark room waiting, <laughs> waiting for the sun to come up tomorrow. I agree. I almost wish the formation and hey, I wonder if this might be something they take in take into consideration for the new ships. But to have the bed on the back portion and the front portion when you first walk in be the sitting space. And I get, you know, yeah, they want some of that closer to the closer to the back patio or the patio area. But I found that I was almost a little bit more hesitant to sleep well because she's so close to the patio. Whereas if we were the opposite formation, I probably would have slept a little better. (laughs) True, true. What about shows? Rachel, did you did you get to experience some of the shows with your daughter? And, and what did you think? We did. Um, we watched the Golden Mickeys on the first night. And I think she made it maybe about 10 minutes into the show. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we also watched the Frozen show as well. Um, and that one was great. We love Frozen. And, but we have already seen kind of a variation of that at Disneyland. So that was, that one was, you know, something we've seen before, but do love that. Do love that show. 
And what about the the pool area? Any favorites off of the pool deck that uh, that you guys really enjoyed? And did you did you get to experience kind of the adult pool while your daughter was maybe in the kids club? We did. Um, we did spend a little bit of time out in the adult area, and that was great for the little bit of time that we sat out there. Our pool, actually, I would say the pool is for us one of the more memorable experiences because our first day at sea, uh, they did a Descendants dance party out at the pool. And she was crazy about the Descendants at the time. So she knew all the characters and all the songs. So for a small little three and a half year old to be up there dancing with like nine year olds um, on the stage was just hilarious. <laughs> she was having the best time. So that was that was a really great thing, I would say, maybe for people who don't spend a whole lot of time out at the pool that there's, there's actually quite a few deck things, deck activities that they do. Keep that in mind when you're looking through the schedule of activities or the deck parties to look for. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a good point. Our son really loved Funnel Vision. I don't know if your daughter was into any of the movies on Funnel Vision, but he he really loved to just sit and watch the movies. Yeah, he yeah. likes, on The Wonder, he liked to sit. There was like a hot tub that actually had a view of Funnel Vision. And he loved to just sit in the hot tub or like at the edge of the hot tub with just his legs dangling in and just watch Funnel Vision for like, he would just sit there like for an hour. <laughs> We'd have to lather him up with lots of sunscreen though. <laughs> yeah. And the pool was another thing we did on Port Day when we were in Cabo because of the weather was so nice. We did the morning activity for the kids. Anyone can cook. And then got in our bathing suits and spent a couple hours out by the pool and another great opportunity for us to spend time there without it being as crowded and also not as chilly because you're not moving through the breeze. It was nice. It was a nice day, probably mid 80s out there in Cabo. So it was a great day to spend time by the pool. Assuming you didn't get a chance to eat in Palo this trip. We didn't. We really wanted to, but at the same time, we didn't want to miss any of the dining experiences. And I'm glad we didn't. The only thing maybe I wish we, we could have been able to pull off was um, a Palo Palo brunch, but that's okay. We'll do that next time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Always good to save something for the next cruise, I think, for sure. Well, Rachel, any other big standouts? There's, I mean, there's tons of stuff to do on board with character greetings and activities and things like that. But any other big standouts? And the second part of the question is anything you wish that was just a little different? This was your first cruise experience on Disney with your family. Anything that you wish they'd done differently? Well, I will tell you about our semi-wild experience. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, for first-time cruisers, you probably would never want this to happen. But we actually were in our stateroom changing into bathing suits on our port day when um, I guess a pipe had burst in the hallway on our floor <laughs> or on our deck. So yeah, so we heard like lots of water sounds and my husband opened up the, the stateroom door and it was just pouring rain in the hallway. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it was a wild experience. So I mean, there were cast members there in the hallway um, already like laying towels down and, and trying to get us, you know, they, they were like, go, 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 get out of the hallway. <laughs> so yeah, that was an interesting experience. <laughs> to say the least. That is kind of wild. Yeah. So we had part like part of that was we had a little bit of flooding into our stateroom. So that day was a little chaotic. We, we did have to go like move to a different stateroom for a little while on the other side of the ship on a lower deck. So we got to kind of see an in ocean view stateroom on like deck two, which was totally different from where <laughs> we were. <laughs> But yeah, so I think from here on forward, we're going to stick with ones with verandas just because it makes us feel a little more comfortable after that experience. <laughs> oh, yeah. Did did they do anything to try and, you know, pixie dust you, make it up to you um, beyond obviously giving you access to another stateroom while they were fixing the problem and cleaning up stuff? But did they sprinkle any pixie dust on you? They did. Yeah, they definitely did what they could to make it right for us, um, you know, moving across to the other side of the ship and having to go, you know, kind of pack up all our things to have a temporary location before we kind of knew if we were going to be able to return back to that stateroom. We, you know, they also sent us an amenity and sent our daughter um, like a plush toy. So, you know, she was napping at the time when they dropped it off at the door. So when she woke up, we told her that Tinkerbell dropped it off for her. And she still talks about oh. that, that. Like, oh, Tinkerbell on the cruise ship gave me this. So <laughs> oh. yeah, she did. For her, she doesn't remember any of that like chaos of it. She just remembers that side of it. So, you know, that's what Disney does is they'll, they'll find a way to make it 
a positive memory versus a negative experience. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, even the way you're talking about it, you know, obviously it, that experience doesn't sound like a fun one right. to have to move and deal with the but, but the fact that you're still wanting to go on another Disney cruise says something to me, at least. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think, you know, and I work at a hotel, so I get it. These things happen. And, you know, it was just one of those wild experiences. And for us, we look back on it. And, you know, I, I think of the moment my husband opened the door and said, um, I think we're sinking. <laughs> 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 those are the things I think about. <laughs> those are the things I look back on. Well, so you're interested in going on another Disney cruise. Do you have any booked or eyeing any or planning anything in the future at this point? We, yeah, absolutely. We want to go again, but we are both kind of torn between a couple of different itineraries and we want to experience the different class of ships. So we really want to go and do an Alaskan cruise, but it's the same ship, at least for now it is. So that might end up on our, you know eventual down the road list versus a more immediate we would love to do a castaway cruise um, to get a chance to see castaway key is like bucket list for us but all in good time i guess <laughs> yes yes exactly well i will tell you that brian and i obviously are are big fans of the the fantasy but it's more because we like a seven night cruise instead of a four night cruise <laughs> and so i would definitely recommend an eastern caribbean itinerary that stops at castaway key at a port canaveral and doing a, a seven night so that that would be my recommendation if you want to get on one of the larger ships that's one of the ones i've been eyeballing <laughs> Well, I was going to say, if your daughter is really into princesses, you might just wait just a t tad longer and try to book on the wish because it looks like it's going to have a lot of princess theming on board. So that that could also be a fun experience. Anything that we've missed, Rachel, that you really wanted to make sure to plug about your vacation that you had a really great experience or anything that we missed? Um, so I wrote down a couple of things like it was really important to me to get one of the Disney Cruise Line spirit jerseys. So I did that on day one. And I'm so glad I did because by the time I went back on the second and third days, you know, half the inventory has sold out. So they didn't have my size any longer. So tip in my opinion, if you want any of the specific merchandise, go on day one. <laughs> that is a great tip. I think, um, especially when it comes to clothing. Some of that, the the clothing that is Disney Cruise Line specific. Yeah, if you want to make sure there's a, a specific item you want, you got to get it on like day one or maybe day two. Yeah. And then let's see, I also wrote down one thing I had I'd seen a lot of in the planning process was your stateroom magnets. So for us, that was an activity that we really enjoyed together was creating the stateroom magnets before we went on our cruise. And we did, we're big like... Uh, I think I've already made this point, but we're big coffee people. So <laughs> we did all Starbucks, like the Starbucks logo inspired cruise magnets. And we did all of the Disney villain like Starbucks logos. And then we made one to go around the, the porthole that said like our first Disney cruise. And we put those on our door as soon as we got there. And I swear throughout the entire cruise, we heard people walking by all the time like, oh my gosh, those are so cool. Look, they're all Starbucks and they're all villains. <laughs> Oh, that's so fun. And did, did you create these yourself? Like, did you like design them and draw them or did you find them on one of like Etsy or something? I found a few on Etsy and then we designed a couple of them, at least for the one that went around the porthole. It's one that I like made myself, but yeah, it was fun. It was, it was something fun for me to do to like plan ahead. And like, I knew I had seen lots of videos and heard about it on lots of podcasts as well about like people doing the stateroom door decor. So something I didn't want to miss out on. And then along with that, we brought our own star, the Starbucks uh, reusable cups to use up at the fountain drink station because we didn't bring our own like water or anything like that. So we just brought, I want to say we brought like maybe seven or eight of them to just go up and use to refill on soda or have water before, before the nighttime. So that was another thing that I found as like a huge benefit and good good tip for advanced planning to bring your own cups with you. Even if at some point you have to, you know, fill, fill their paper cups first to dump into your reusable cup. That's okay. But at least you have, you know, something with you um, to kind of those little tiny paper cups are so small. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
Well, and to your point, like you, you know, you, you get soda on deck for free. You don't want to have to pay for a soda at one of the little, um, at one of the bars or at the movie theater concession stand or something like that. Yep. So we brought those with us everywhere we went. You know, if we went to the movie theater, we brought those with us. Or if we were out by the pool, that was like, you know, quick accessibility to reach that spot. So those are all great tips, Rachel. I've encountered the the gift shop one in my own experience several times where there's something I've wanted. I've waited too long. I've gone. They've given me, by the way, a line that is not true. If they give it to you, don't believe it. They're like, oh, you can just email this person and they'll help you take care of it. They won't. The merchandise is on the ship. The only place you can find is on the ship or potentially eBay for a substantial That's markup. That's true. So, That's true. Yeah. If, you want, if there's something you really want that's going to make your vacation, make sure you get it beforehand. And to a point that Rachel raised earlier in the show, you can order those in-room amenity kits. So like if you want the blanket from the cruise for Christmas, that's the way to get it. They also will deliver the ship model to your stateroom. You might even be able to, to order the character atrium figurines in advance, but they've got some things that you can kind of order in advance of your cruise and have them delivered to your stateroom. So uh, if you really want something like that as a souvenir, like we collect the ship models for each ship that we've been on. And so, you know, I tend to just order that in advance to make sure I don't have to go to the gift shop and find it. So all great tips. Well, Sam, with that, we're going to shift over to a rapid fire. So Sam, take it away. All right. So I'm going to ask you kind of, um, since this was a land and sea show, I'm going to ask you a combination of questions. Some of them are going to be parks questions. And then I've got a couple of Disney Cruise Line questions. But the first couple of questions, as you know, since you're a listener, are just general Disney favorites. So, Rachel, what is your favorite Disney or Pixar character? Currently, I really love Judy Hopps from Zootopia. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> awesome. What What is your favorite Disney or Pixar movie? For that, I will go more classic. Um, I love Mary Poppins. You can't get any better than Mary Poppins. Yeah, Mary Poppins is a great classic. Favorite Disney song? I actually really like the song from Enchanted, the one that Carrie Underwood does, Ever After. That was, we had that at our wedding, so it kind of makes me think of that, so... Oh, that's sweet. All right. Your favorite Disney park. Yeah. And I've thought about this a lot. And honestly, it's got to be Disneyland. Just it has all of the classic attractions. And there's so many things that are so unique to Disneyland specifically that um, that are like the great, great classic rides that you can't find anywhere else. And it just holds so much like nostalgia for me from when I worked there. So definitely Disneyland. Yeah, that totally makes sense. All right. Your favorite land. And this doesn't have to be in Disneyland Park. It could be in any of the six parks. But it is in Disneyland. (laughs) New Orleans Square. Definitely. It has like... I knew you were going to say that. (laughs) (laughs) You can't, you know, Haunted Mansion Holiday and then Pirates of the Caribbean. And you can't be a Monte Cristo sandwich at Cafe Orleans. (laughs) It has everything. Yeah, yeah. All right, your favorite classic ride or attraction? I love Big Thunder Mountain at nighttime. It's like one of the most incredible rides to be on, especially when the fireworks are going off. All right, your favorite modern ride or attraction? Um, Radiator Springs Racers. Yes, such a good one. <laughs> your favorite Disney snack? Probably the churros, but I like the specialty churros when you get the chance to try them. Yeah, Disneyland does churros the best and and specialty churros. Brian is a big fan of as well. So I'm more of a classic churro or a pretzel girl. So they've heard they're nothing like they are in California, like in Florida, that they're nothing like they are in California. Yeah, they have different suppliers. So the they're they're different. They're not bad in Florida. They're just not as good as the California ones. They just come from a different supplier. Going to have to try some new snacks there. <laughs> yeah. All right, shifting over to the cruise, what was your favorite part of the ship? Tiana's. <laughs> and what was your favorite onboard activity? I would say probably that anyone can cook activity was really cute. And that one was, I think for her age, for my daughter's age group, was one that um, was like perfect for her at the time to get to experience. Nice. Yeah. That, those are great. I feel like those combined family activities in general are some really great ones for, you know, the parents to do with the kids. Those are those are some of the best things they do on the ship. They just Disney just knows how to do that stuff. 
All right. Your a favorite souvenir from the cruise? That blanket. The blanket. Absolutely. It's something that we got out last year at the Halloween time too. So now it's something we get to pull out every Halloween season and kind of think back on the cruise. So Awesome. And last but not least, memorable moment from this trip. Um, I hate to say it was the very first moment of walking on board, but I think that is like one of the most memorable moments. Like, Obviously, the entire cruise was great, but that first moment when you walk on board and, you know, they call your family name is just a great one. <laughs> yeah, that is a great moment. I it never discount that moment. It's a, we loved it on our first cruise. And honestly, it's something we look forward to every time we sail. Yeah, and, I, and Rachel, I will hope that you and your family get to experience that moment again sometime very soon. Uh, Sam said, I think we're anxious to be able to get back to our favorite pastime, which is cruising but safely. So we will wait a little longer or as long as is needed for it to be safe. But I hope we all get to experience that moment again soon. And the next time you get out there, let us know, Rachel, we want to hear about your experience. I'd actually be curious to hear about your family's first trip to Disney World, because that's a huge, uh, that's a huge moment. I feel like, you know, Disneyland is a great park, but Disney World is a whole nother animal, especially for little kids. We'd love to have you touch base with us again to let us know how that trip went, because it would be, uh, be really interesting to hear that. So Rachel, thank you so much for coming on the show this evening. It's been a blast. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much. I had a great time too. Well, it was really fun having Rachel on to hear all about her family's first experience aboard Disney Cruise Line and the elusive Disneyland plus Disney Cruise Line land and sea adventure package that she put together there. So great having her on. Really glad to hear her family had such a fantastic time. And we're gonna have to reach back out to Rachel to see if she's willing to come back on and talk to us about her family's first trip to Disney World if that happens. So hopefully we'll hear more from Rachel and her family as time goes by. And we want to hear more from all of you too as cruising starts back up here with magic sailing staycations over in the UK, the dream and the fantasy gearing up for sailings here in the U.S. So reach out to us if you want us to tell your family story about their Disney Cruise Line adventures. We've heard from a few of you. Love it. Want to keep hearing more. So with that, we do have another five-star review that we want to read on the air this week. This one comes from Manzda, who writes, Great show! Exclamation point. I love listening to this show. The content is great, even without cruising not happening right now. Well, short and to the point, Manzda, we appreciate it. And uh, we're glad you're finding value in the content, even without the Cruise Line sailing. Although some of them are, uh, some of our friends are out there sailing right now and we can't wait for Disney Cruise Line to start sailing again itself. So thanks for the review as always. Really appreciate the feedback from our listeners and love reading them on the air. With that, I do want to thank each and every one of you out there for listening this week. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast. You can keep getting great content from the DCL duo each week. Please also leave us those five-star reviews. We love reading them on the air and we love hearing your feedback. So head over to Apple Podcasts, hit five stars, write a review. We love, love, love reading those reviews. If you'd like to send us a question or be a guest on the show, please email us at dclduo at gmail.com or reach out to us on social media at dclduo. You can also join the DCL Duo vlog and podcast Facebook group to join a conversation with some like-minded cruisers and DCL Duo fans like yourself. We've also got a YouTube channel. You can head over to youtube.com slash DCL Duo for even more great content. And with travel starting again, expect to see some more videos from us in the near future. We'd originally hoped to have more videos and then we started a podcast in the middle of the pandemic. So, you know, it happens, but we're, we're back. Cruising's back, travel's back. We're going to post some more videos, I'm hoping. If you'd like to support the show, you can head over to touringplans.com slash travel to book your next fabulous Disney cruise line adventure or Disney adventure. Just let them know the DCL duo sent you and it'll help support our show. Or you can browse over to patreon.com slash DCL duo and choose from one of our support tiers and join our fabulous crew of patrons over there supporting the show each and every month. The DCL duo podcast and vlog are not affiliated with Disney cruise line, the Walt Disney company or the Walt Disney family of theme parks. The views expressed on the show are solely those of the individuals on the podcast and in no way reflect the views of the Disney company or Disney cruise line. If you have questions about a Disney cruise or a Disney vacation, please contact Disney directly or your own travel agent. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time for another fabulous Disney adventure with the DCL duo. Good night. Good night.